what it do, what it do is JR the Boss Man with my man Darion Sweet Thompson. And we got a special show for you today. Denver's pioneers, men's basketball coach Rodney Billups and Josh Martin. Bleach, Bleach Report with speech. Tell people how they hear our show every week if they seem to want to miss it, which they should never do. Oh, man, I don't understand why anybody would miss this show. We're on so many platforms now, and I have to date this time to give a special shout-out to all of our partners. We're on Audio Boom, Stitcher, Speaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, anywhere that you could possibly possibly think of or that you want to hear the show, you can go ahead and check it out. Also, of course, the website, BostonRadioShow.com. Check it out. We have all the interviews on there if you want to go back. Get something in the archives. It's on there for you. And, of course, you can follow us on all social media. Because we put the links off for you, people. We make it so simple. Follow us. Get hit and get plugged into the show. And if you go to the archive, you are here for my current guest, the coach of the Denver Pioneers, Rodney Billups on the Boss Man Show. Coach, glad to have you back with speech of myself, man. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm great. Man, I'm great. I'm you know, this time of year I'm undefeated, so I'm 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 great. I'm blessed. I'm having a good time right now, trying to teach these kids how to play the right way and, and try to keep 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 them out of trouble. Well, I hear that, Coach. Are you showing them your half court shot, man? You got a good half court jumper, <laughs> man. Look at you. I saw you, man, on Twitter, man. You teach them that shot when, they, when it's crunch time, man. Man, I wish I could. I, I wish the game was that was that easy for them, man. But I. No, I'm trying. I'm getting them closer to the three-point line and away from the half-court line. Oh, I got you. Now, Coach, you all had a fan jam last week. How was that for you guys, and what were some of the highlights for you and your program that night last week? You know, it was it was, it was was a good event. It was for, for men's and women's basketball. Um, it was really the first time that the kids put the jersey on and got the smell of popcorn and was out there on the, on the main floor and, and away from the practice arena. So the the energy was high. Um, they had a good time interacting with the kids that were there and the fans and, and the season ticket holders. It was a really, really good event. Um, you know, it was out there. We had a dunk contest. We had a three-point contest that we shared with the women. Uh, it was It was just a, a really good – experience for the student athletes and you know it was my my first time to to interact with student tickets uh season ticket holders anyway so it was it was a good event it was was positive and uh that's that's really all i expected it to be well that's a beautiful thing coach it's it's always great when the kids finally get that opportunity to really get out there on that hardwood and and just feel it you know it's one thing to really practice but in the atmosphere we put the jersey on and you really become you feel like you're a part of the program. But, uh, you know, besides the fan jam, um, you know, that took place, what are, what are some of the other events uh, at the university that the team will be doing this year to help further build that bridge between the community and the team and the fans? You know, what, what are some of the other events that is going to help bring in jail and mesh all of that together throughout the season? Well, we, we've done quite a few community activities uh, so far. We um, we went to Children's Hospital uh, before school started. We we went and, and fed the homeless. Uh, we went to the Ronald McDonald House, which is a is a, a platform where um, families who have children who are spending the night in uh, the hospital, where this is where the families go while the kids are are you know getting whatever treatment it is that that that, uh, that they're going through, and we serve those people. Uh, we've we've done so many things. Uh, just to 
just to, like you said, bridge that gap of, of the university and the community. You know, I'm from here, man. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm prideful about the city. I'm prideful about the state of Colorado. And um, I, I try to do everything that I can just to educate our kids about the city and how we can help the city and, and the problems that, that we are having in this city to, to someday when these kids do have the, the, the resources to help that they really help. And uh, it's funny you ask that because I've got an event tomorrow night um, uh, just, to, just to create some energy and some buzz around our first game November 12th uh, at, a, at a place in, in downtown Denver called Blake Street Tavern. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to do everything I can just to educate men and, and, and hopefully I can touch someone's life outside of the basketball world and, and bring some excitement to the to the game. Folks, you're different, different pioneers, head coach, Rodney Bill Show on the Boss Man Show, which we Thursday with JR and Gary on here with you. Now, Coach, we know you've started practice already, Coach. And how have you and your staff been approaching the practice as far as installing schemes and scrimmaging with the guys as the November 12th approaches when you guys play Jacksonville at home? You know, it's a, when we got the job, the, the, the culture here was totally different than what I what I envisioned, right? So, our staff, we, we do a lot of, of coaching effort and coaching toughness and, and trying to put them in un- uncomfortable positions to where now they have to fight through this adversity and play together and communicate together and, and try to win together. You know, they've always, uh, and, and they were recruited this way, but they've always uh, done things totally different than what I'm used to. I like to play fast and, and teach fast, and, and I need them to learn fast. So that's that's a lot of the emphasis in practice today. The, the the practices are scheduled and planned on playing fast. So you know we 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 switch the shot clock from thirty seconds to twenty four. We we do dummy offense with a shot clock. Everything is always fast, and you know trying to get them to, to change the way they play, change the way they think. It's it's challenging, but it's it's also fun to see when it does come together how good we can really be. That's beautiful, Coach. And, and and to follow up on that, let me ask you this. What do you think, because you brought up a very valid point, and I believe that this is a key aspect in a lot of basketball teams that, that to build up that chemistry uh, and that toughness that you talked about, put in the uncomfortable situation. So outside of what you talked about, what what are some other ways that you that can help gel the team together so they have that that camaraderie and that closeness? And also, what are some of the ways that you help foster that toughness attitude. You know, as we both know, sometimes you either got hard or you don't. You know, <laughs> it's really hard yeah, to coach hard. First. So how do you try to Absolutely. help foster that, you know, and build that up in the team atmosphere? You know, I, 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 I'm positive by nature, right? I think we, us three, we get along very well just because of the energy is always high. and We have fun, we laugh, we smile at each other. So I, I take that attitude to the court. Right, and I tell our guys, you always got to take the good with the bad. You got to take the bad with the good. And I think our staff, we we do a good job of, you know, someday I might be the bad cop and I might be on them. And when I'm not, the assistants got to do that. So it's always somebody saying something every time, right? Whether it's good or bad. And I think to to develop some toughness, we. Everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to understand why we do the things we do and and have to be willing to be tougher, 
mentally. You know, physically, all right, we all we all got Division One athletes. They always in the weight room. They're always working on their cardio and their conditioning. But the mental aspect of it, that's where you really generate some toughness. And just putting them in positions, you know, maybe basketball terms, down one with 10 seconds on the shot clock and you got to make a play for somebody else. And not panicking to shoot a shot at eight, but, you know, taking your time, making a play for somebody else and, and getting it down to, to three or two before you shoot. Like Plays like that generates a little toughness. Or, you know, in the grand scheme of things, making them take a charge in a drill or making them dive on the floor. Just, you know, the small victories hopefully will will make this thing into a big, big victory. And, Coach, find one for you. This segment, Coach, here with Rodney Billups here on the Boss Man Show. Now, Coach, you're at the point where you start kind of making your rotations of guys who you're going to play, decide how deep you're going to go. And also, in that same vein, who are some players I listen to look out for on your roster this year? You're looking forward to having a big year for you guys and, and do big things for the different pioneers in 2016-17. Well, we we started to put a couple of things in offensively, but I've been we we've been teaching defense so hard uh, in the last couple of weeks. You know, putting in schemes, uh, learning how to guard the ball screen, putting in a press, putting in putting in some out of bounds defensive plays. Um, you know that that that's the emphasis right now. I feel like if we can guard anybody and we can rebound, I think we give ourselves a chance to win. So we've been we've been working on defense a ton. Uh, but on the flip side of that, we have put some offense in. We put some structure stuff in. We put our base offense offensive principles in. Uh, but we haven't we haven't done a lot of, of of actual plays yet. We're just playing with principles and trying to get used to playing fast and trying to score in transition. Um, and I, you know, I, I've got a couple guys that that can do that. Uh, one kid, Joe Rosga, who's a sophomore for us. Uh, he's going to play the point guard position. He got picked second team All Summit League. Uh, he he he's very very tough um, in everything that he does. Uh, he can shoot it. He can he can make plays for others. He, he's the floor general for us. And then another kid, Daniel Amigo, who's a six ten, athletic, run, jump, block shots kind of big fella who's very skilled. I think those two put together, we'll, we'll have a chance offensively to be able to compete. Um, but then I got to have some defenders. Uh, I got a freshman kid named Dave Murky, who's just as athletic as anybody's ever seen. And he's taking on that defensive role. Uh, and then a, a senior, the only senior I have, Duke Douglas, and that, he'll, he'll be our defensive stopper as well. So I've got some pieces. We just got to all get on the same page. No doubt, folks. Don't go anywhere. Roddy Bilson will be back and speeching myself after the break, so stay tuned for that. So, folks, be ready. Be prepared. Different Pioneer Basketball on the ball special today. Be ready. Be back in a little bit. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. 
My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. I told you he's back for another segment. Rodney Bluffs on the Boss Man Show. Coach, you're back. We told you he would be back. The first time ever, Coach, we had a coach over two segments in a row. So you're the first one on the show, Coach. Hold it, hold it down for us, man. First time ever, Coach. Two segments in a row on the Boss Man Show. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. I really do. Hey, we love having you, man, because you're one of the realest guys we've talked to this year in a long time on the show. I ain't lying. One of the realest dudes we have talked to in a long time. Let's believe that. Now, okay, ask you a little bit about your non-conference schedule. I know you're playing Jacksonville, a hope and opening game. I know South Alabama's a team down the way from here. We got also Texas A&M. So is this non-conference schedule what you wanted it to be for your guys to kind of test them a little bit? We can have Summit League play, or do you kind of feel like you could have did a little bit more or less depending on how, how you had to do it because you came in new as a new hire? Well, I walked into quite a few games uh, on the road. So we start our, our first five out of seven games on the road. And, you know, we start at home with Jacksonville. And then we, we, we go on the road, which – this team last year was battle tested on the road. They were a better team on the road than than they were at home. So what I did, you know, I'm a competitor. I think we can we can we can compete and, and win every game on our schedule. I challenged our team, let's go undefeated at home. If we win all of our home games, we give ourselves a great chance of winning our league and, and increasing our RPI rating to somewhere where it's never been, which is, is is top 80 in the in the country, right? So we play, you know, 
half of the Mountain West with Air Force, Wyoming, San Jose State, all on the road. We play at Texas A&M, which is a tough game, a very tough game, and, and we're going to have to bring our hard hats to win that game or even compete. Uh, but then you, we play the, the Northern Colorados of the world. We play uh, Arkansas on Buff. We get, we got a tough a tough road uh, schedule in the non-conference, but nothing that we can't go in and compete and try to win. So, you know, putting these guys in, in, in position to to win in practice and preparing and, and doing all the things that, that we're supposed to do, uh, I think we'll give ourselves a chance to compete. And let's have some fun, Coach. I know you're a Broncos fan, and I'm – and I feel I, I feel bad for you guys that the Falcons come out there and beat you all, you know, because I really do. Because I look like I look like I'm a I'm an idiot right now. I said the Falcons gonna go zero and six. I'm obviously was wrong because there's somehow Matt Ryan's playing good. But are, are you somewhat feel like the Broncos should have kept Brock Osweiler over Simeon and Lynch? Or nah, uh, nah, how are you feeling about the quarterback nah. situation? Right now it's kind of shaky right now. After San Diego and Atlanta, I, man, talk to me about that. You know, being the world champions last year, we had high expectations, right? We had Hall of Fame Peyton Manning last year. We we go win the Super Bowl, and the whole town goes crazy. We corral around the, around the team. You know, Brock he he goes and and does what he does, and, and there's no surprise that he's performing the way he's performing right now. True, but you know, but. We we were down. Our, our head coach wasn't coaching. Y'all, I, I mean, we y'all got us at a very vulnerable position when y'all came in here, y'all Falcons. So I, I, you know, I give that to y'all. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty, coach, yo. We lost you for a second, man. I heard you say that that the Falcons. You know, I heard, I, we heard the part where the Falcons got lucky. <laughs> did also the line with Blake. I don't know what happened there, Coach. Man, I, I was a football guy, man. That's all that was. That was a football guy. I like. I said the Falcons got lucky. Exactly what I like. Was. I heard. I heard. I said, "Where did Coach go?" I'm, I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm in the studio. Like I know he didn't hang up. I didn't hang him up. And, <laughs> folks, that's live radio for you, Cole, folks. Live radio, it happens, you know. So, so, Coach, feel free to start back over with your Falcons hate. I love to hear it. Break it, Coach. Man. You know, it, it, it ain't too much hate, but it's a little hate. It, I, I'm not a hater by, by nature, but my Broncos, they let me down last week. Let the Falcons come in and, and do what they did. You know, you talked about the quarterback situation. We we had an off day. We couldn't get our guys the ball. You know, we we couldn't make plays at the end of the game, which, you know, that, that's not like us. That's not like the Broncos. And I, I still got faith in my team, man. Uh, congratulations to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but man, I take that with a grain of salt. We was down a little bit. Do you feel like they got cheated on Sunday, though, Coach, with that – Passing friends calling Julio Jones. You Absolutely. 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 That, that, they, the, the officials, there's too much technology. There's too, there's too many good officials out there to miss a call like that. It, 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 it's a, that doesn't make sense. 
True that. Well, well, Coach, you bring up a good point, right? Now, now to segue, because you bring up a point, and I, me and Jay, we talk about this all the time, and I argue about it every single time we discuss football. Okay, the technology and the play calling. Now, Coach, you know I'm, I'm Detroit through my veins. Honolulu blue and silver. You know what I mean? So as a, as a Lions fan, I know something about calls and, and, and being cheated when it comes to calls not going our way, and especially in critical situations, right? So, Coach, yeah. what is one thing in particular, or a couple things, what do you think can be done to help fix the egregious, and I do mean the egregious, and literally game-changing, blown calls in the NFL? And do you think that there should be some type of repercussions for referees officials in the NFL themselves when they literally miss calls and blow games for teams. Specifically, I'm talking about how, you know, and I'm still a little salty about this, how I've never seen anybody pick up flags that are thrown and reverse calls. You know, I, I'm not going to go into it. People, you've heard me complain about it for the past year. But <laughs> things like that, Coach, what do you think can be done or should be done to help fix that problem? And, and do you think there should be repercussions on the back end when officials get it blatantly wrong? Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I can't speak for that game. I, I, I'm not in that game. I don't know the politics of that game, but in, 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 in the college, in the in the college game, in a you know in, in our setting, in our world, there's no accountability for the officials, right? There's uh, officials that make bad calls all the time, and, and officials aren't. They're never going to be perfect, right? They're going to miss some, and they're going to make some bad calls, but there's no accountability taken for it. Right, officials don't lose opportunities to coach the next game. They're not fined. They they don't they don't lose money for making a bad call on a on a game deci- a game deciding play. And I I think personally I'm with you. There should be some accountability for that. Whether it's some training, whether it's some public apology, whether it's something that that they officials have to do to be accountable for their calls because they're getting. At, at the NFL and the NBA level, they are getting a ton of money to make the right call, and they don't. Even at the college level, at the Division One level, they're getting paid a ton of money to make these calls and get it right. And it, when they don't, they they just need to acknowledge it. Coaches make bad calls. Players make they they miss shots or, or miss reads. They got to get on that podium at the end of the game at the press conference, and they got to acknowledge that referees don't. There's no accountability. So I think that there should be something. That that says, hey, look, you gotta take you gotta take blame for that. Agreed. I agree with you, coach. I, I I really do. I really do because, like you said, it's when it comes to the athletes, they do have to stand up there and face the judgment of the people. They literally have to have to open themselves up for the scrutiny of public opinion. Oh, what did you do or what did you not do? Why is did your team? It's really a lot of blame placed on the athletes and the coaches and things of that nature. And, and you're right. The referees and the officials have no accountability. So, I, for one, I'm in agreement with you, Coach. I think that there should be something done. Now, and personally, and I don't feel get it twisted. Don't, don't get it twisted. Excuse me for interrupting, but don't get it twisted. Them officials are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. They, no, they're they not that. making, you know, $10, $10 a game like a rec league. This is, they're, making, <laughs> they're, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars to get these calls right. And they need to get them right or take accountability for it. That's where I'm at. Exactly. And, and, and I'm with you. I'm with you, Coach, because, you know, from a, from a coaching standpoint, if any coach continues to make bad calls, bad coaching schemes, bad plays, you 
your job is on the line, you know, and I've never Absolutely. seen any official really face repercussions for continuously getting these calls wrong. And, you know, yeah. and, and let's be honest, whether it's non-conference or conference, every single win matters. Every single game yeah. matters. It's not like you got four away games at the D1 or the professional level. Everything matters. So I'm with you. I think that there should be more accountability. You know, I, I really do. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think at the D1 level, what do you think the, the NCAA should look at as far as looking into that? Or do you think that the NCAA will even acknowledge it? You know what I mean? Or, or what are some of the other rules that you would like to see kind of change or tweak to help improve the game a little bit, you know, moving forward you know, I, with, the, with the NCAA? I, I think that the, they're changing the rules and the, and the way the game's being officiated to make it, it uh, more fun and, and enjoyable for the viewer, for the fans. Um, I like the fact that they're doing that. I, I think they're taking the contact out of the game, which as a high school player, as a, as a, as a youth kid – we, te- we I think the kids are being coached to play physical and be be uh, aggressive. So when they get to the college level and 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 so on, it it kind of it, it's a conflict of interest because now you can't play with your hands. You can't you know stop a kid from cutting through the lane. Like it, it the the rules are changing so much to get the free throw shots up and get the score up that the game is on. It, it, it's changing a little bit, but. Um, I think that the, the, the NCAA officials, uh, they, they do need to take some accountability for, for what they do. Uh, there's, there's training that they have to go through every summer just to just grow and, and, and enhance their play calling. But it, it's never going to be perfect. Um, you know, at, at the highest level, at the Power 5 level, they get the best officials, and it just kind of tapers off uh, depending on the league that you're in. So... It all depends on who you get that night as if the call is going to be good or the call is going to be bad. And you just got to accept the good with the bad and, and move on and, and hope that your kids make some shots. That's really it. Exactly. <laughs> Outshoot the coverage, baby. Play for bad calls. There it is. Play for the bad calls. Hey, if, if you can make some shots, the calls don't matter. That's what I've always exactly. seen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, Coach, look at my schedule. I see on December 11th, I'll be seeing your Broncos play the Titans in Nashville. So I will send you some pictures from that game, Coach. I'll do that for you. Hey, please do. Uh, it's going to be a great day for the Broncos. Yes, I'm it will. The Titans got off. <laughs> You're right. Please. Yes, it is. I bought the confidence, Coach. <laughs> Speech, the Titans. The Titans are not good. I'm going to start them. <laughs> Look, Coach, I'm the Titans game on Sunday. They barely beat the, the, the hapless Browns. <laughs> you know, so they, they not that yeah, so good. We're going to be straight. Yeah, we y'all good. Straight. Now, now, talk about your Nuggets, Coach. Uh, have you thought about maybe it's ideal? Have you you thought about getting with Coach Malone and making him help those guys kind of mentor your your team out there and see you the same town together? And just in general, I think the Nuggets going to kind of take a step this year and maybe be better than the Western Conference or they may be a year or two away from being good for real. You know, I've got a lot of coaches there, and uh, we share ideas during the summertime. And, and our game is very different than their game. Uh, but we do talk, and, and, and I do seek their leadership with, with a lot of ideas that I, I, I lay on to our, our team. Uh, but our game is so different, man. Those, those guys on their, on their team and their roster, they're so good at, at the things that we're not, like, passing and, 
and making plays for others and, and playing fast and thinking fast. That is it's hard to to adopt everything that they do. But I do share we do share information and, and ideas during the summertime. Uh, and I, I think they got a good young team. I I'm not sure if they're 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 one year away or three years away, but I think in the future that they're they're, they're gonna be somebody to wreck with because they do have very young talent, very good talent. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach Billups, I tell you what, man, it's all a pleasure. It's third time to be on the show. That's that's, that's a rarity two speech. Three, three times one year on the show. So you're the coach, and you know you're a bad dude. We have you on three times <laughs> in a year, man. Just know that, brother. Coach, kill Hey, it. man, let's, let's it. make it a fourth and a fifth time, man. I'm ready. Coach, hey. Let's do it. We got you. Hey, you know I'll hit up Chris. I'll hit team, you coach. up. We'll make it happen, Coach, no doubt. Nah, man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. This is this is always fun for me. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach, you, you'll get that win against Jacksonville. We're going to be supporting you, and we'll talk to you around Thanksgiving. Or before that, we never know, Coach. We might say, yo, come back on this week. You never know, Coach. But we, we'll get you back on here, boy, that fourth airfield time, and keep on coming with you, Coach. Hey, man, I appreciate it. You got my number. Hit me whenever, man. No doubt, folks. Denver Pioneers head coach, Rodney Billups on the Boss Man Show. And get it to you on that, John. Coming up next, Josh Martin after the break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com. Consulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. 
Boss Man Show two weeks Thursday. We had Coach Rodney Billups on the Boss Man Show from Denver Pioneers. Then we staying with the NBA basketball theme with my man from Bleacher Report NBA lead writer Josh Martin here on the Boss Man Show. Josh, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Just uh, gearing up for a, another great season here. How about yourself? Oh, I'm gearing up as well. The Hawks are. Last home game of preseason is, is right around the corner. The Hawks doing their thing. Let me start you off with a Hawk question, Josh. Uh, sure. The Hawks take a step back when they traded pretty much Dwight Howard for Al Horford. Well, for Dwight Howard and Jim Schroeder for Jeff Teague. Did the Hawks take a, take a step back? And are they going to be any good this year at all? Well, I think they certainly did take a step back. When you look at who Al Horford was and what he meant to the Atlanta Hawks, he was the one guy who was there throughout the, the nine-year playoff streak. He was the foundation of that organizational culture that kept them going through, through thick and thin, and they enjoyed the tremendous amount of success with him. And when you take a guy like Al Horford out of your locker room, it's tough to it's tough to really make up for that void. Even more so when you replace him with a guy like Dwight Howard, who's never really been known to be sort of a great locker room presence, not really considered a great leader at that position or really at any position. So I think by that very fact, they're going to take a step back. And also just they're going to have to play a totally different style. You're not going to have five guys out there now who can all dribble, pass, and shoot. You put Dwight in there. He can't shoot, obviously. He's not much of a passer, not much of a dribbler. He's much more of just a finisher. Dennis Schroeder, not a great shooter at the point guard spot. So just by virtue of having to become a different team, I think the Hawks are going to struggle certainly at the outset, and they could struggle well into the season as well. Well, you bring up a very, very, very good point, Josh. Speaking about Dwight, all right, now as, 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 as an impactful of a player as he is physically, he's dominant, we know what he has done in the past, we know his abilities, we know his capabilities. Why do you think that particular situation just – isn't going to work with Dwight. It wasn't going to work. What, what is your take on this specifically? Was it just the the factors that you named, or is it something deeper than that? You know, because I mean, he seems to be a liked guy, a well liked guy. You know, he's very personal with things of that nature, and he is physically talented. Why do you think that the situation just didn't work out the way it was supposed to? Well, I mean, Dwight's had a lot of different issues o- over the years. I mean, sometimes he's butted head- heads with teammates. I think he might have gotten a little bit more flack for that than I think he necessarily deserve but as far as his his skills and abilities they're not what they were when he was in Orlando he can still dial it up at times he can still be a tremendous impact player especially at the defensive end when he's healthy and when he's focused but it's not really an every night proposition for Dwight anymore and certainly not even at the level of his heyday in Orlando you know he's 30 now he'll be 31 in in, in December and guys with his profile as you know, big guys who guys who rely on their athleticism and don't really have a ton of skill. This is about the age when you really see them start to decline. So I think for the Hawks, they have to hope that Dwight still has some of that old Dwight left in him. That putting him in a pick and roll system with Dennis Schroeder as the point guard will help to revive the Dwight of old a little bit. But uh, I, I think there's a lot of trepidation. There's there should be a lot of concern among Hawks fans that Dwight can really hump it up to be the Dwight of old, considering, you know, how far removed he is from that guy. 
and Josh Noah scary that Dwight Howard's been shooting three-pointers and jump shots in training camp in the offseason? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dwight, in Dwight's world, Dwight is a shooter, Dwight is a scorer, but uh, in reality, Dwight is none is none of those things. I know he, he fancies himself. He likes to talk about his days in high school when he played point guard, and I know with some trainers he's worked with in recent years, he's sort of insisted that he could be a, a scorer, that he could be a guy who shoots out to mid-range, but I think we all know, and everyone should know by now, that that's really not Dwight's game, and if Dwight is going to try to be a, a perimeter player of all things, then he's taking himself out of the very things that have made him great and could continue to make him great on the interior. Josh, when I tell you I watch training camp, I'll come to Atlanta Dream Games. He's out there shooting before the game, before they, before they come out to mm-hmm. warm up. He's shooting threes with Darvin Ham and shooting jumpers with Darvin Ham. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? Why? <laughs> you know, I, I, I miss Al Horford already. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my god yes it's uh yeah that's gonna be interesting for sure i mean look if dwight wants to mess around before the game fine that's his prerogative uh i think the hawks just have to hope that he doesn't take too much of that to heart and doesn't start going out there hovering around the three-point line asking for the ball ready to launch jumpers he'll be the josh smith 2.0 of philip serena i guarantee you <laughs> Look, at least Josh Smith had some practice shooting three-pointers in NBA games, right? Dwight Howard, you can say all those things, but Dwight Howard has never quite had that sort of practice. So even with him, there would be even more trepidation, I would think, than Josh Smith going back to those days of old with his shot. Exactly. And Josh, we had a very interesting offseason, exciting in many different ways. What move or moves that kind of flew under the radar would you say they're going to have the biggest impact on the league this year? Uh, you know, I think it, when everybody talks about the Warriors and how are you going to beat the Warriors, um, there aren't and who's going to beat them. There aren't many teams out there that are equipped to do it. But I think the Cavaliers are still equipped, and I think their their move trading for Mike Dunleavy from the Chicago Bulls gives them another weapon to help them in that regard. You know, Dunleavy has been a great shooter. Throughout his career, I think he's very much uh, underrated as a defender. Uh, he, he played well defensively when he, he was in Chicago under Tom Thibodeau. So I think it's possible that he could come into Cleveland and maybe not be the difference maker per se for the Cavaliers, but could be one of many difference makers for a Cavaliers team that's going to need all of the difference makers it can muster if it's going to be the team to take down the Golden State Warriors at season's end. You know, that's you bring up a good point, Josh. And I I, I didn't want to delve into the Warriors trade. I really didn't because me personally, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. I believe that it eliminates the surprise, shock, and the desire to see the regular season because to me, it literally it lays it all out for you. You, you know who's going to go. I mean, we named two teams who I personally think are going to go back, the, the Cavs and the Warriors, let's be honest. But I do like what some other teams have done. Now, outside of the Cavs, and the Warriors, which we all know, in my personal opinion, I wouldn't be shocked to see a repeat of last year's finals. Um, what are some of the other teams, some of the teams that didn't really make a lot of noise, or some of the bigger name trades that you really think are going to have an impact during the regular season and actually make it, you know, interesting to watch basketball again this regular season and, and might be productive come playoff time? 
I mean, the Clippers are the team that I think you have to look at as the chief challenger to a third straight Warriors-Cavs finals. You look at this Clippers team, it's been together, you know, certainly with Chris Paul for five years now. JJ's been there for, JJ Redick has been there for a while. Jamal Crawford's been there for a while. Still got Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, They have as sturdy a core as you'll find in the NBA today when you talk about talent and combined experience as a unit. They've come close in the playoffs. They were the last team to beat the Warriors in the playoffs. They have a ton of talent. They have a pretty good coach in Doc Rivers, and they should be starting this season on a really strong foot. They they know what they're going to do defensively. They won't have to search for that as the season goes along. They know what they're going to do offensively. This is a team, a Clippers team, that comes in with, with all the ingredients to be a major power player, again, in the Western Conference. I think L.A. will end up being the second-best team in the West. I think – Come playoff time in a series against the Warriors, it's going to come down to really what can the Clippers do with their size, with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, to really punish a Warriors team that, to a great extent, has downsized from last year, especially with the loss of Andrew Bogut uh, to clear space for Kevin Durant. That's, I agree with you. I, I really think that, you know, the Clip show. I think they do have the best chance, but I got to ask you this. How far are they going to get in the playoffs this year? Because for some reason, they always just fail to live up to their expect- expectations and potential in the playoffs. And I, I love Doc Rivers. I love the Clippers. I really do. I really, truly do. And I love each and every player on the Clippers roster. But come playoff time, are we going to have a repeat of years past? Or do you think they're actually going to make it to the Western Conference Finals this year and really put up a legitimate fight against the Warriors? I think they could. I mean, they've had they've had the goods to get there. You know, the last several years now, they blew a great shot against OKC in 2014. They blew a 3-1 lead against the the Rockets in 2015. And last year, injuries really did them in in the first round. So, I think when you look at the hierarchy of the Western Conference right now, obviously it's the Warriors on top. I think the Clippers are the second best team in the conference. A lot of folks still like San Antonio. They still like the Spurs after they went out and brought in Pau Gasol and David Lee to essentially replace Tim Duncan and David West. But in my mind, those are two significant downgrades defensively. You factor in Tony Parker falling off, Manny Ginobili nearing retirement. Now there's rumblings that maybe LaMarcus Aldridge isn't a good fit in San Antonio. And that to me is a situation that's still in flux. The Clippers are a solid team. They know who they are on both ends of the floor. They have very clear identity. They know what works for them. It's just a matter of maintaining that identity under pressure in the playoffs. And I think that's part of why you see now that the Clippers are making a concerted effort to get other guys involved as playmakers outside of Chris Paul. They brought in Raymond Felton as a legit backup point guard and as a guy who can play alongside Chris. They, they expected. Blake Griffin, they're trying to stagger minutes between Blake Griffin and Chris Paul to give Blake some more playmaking responsibility, take some more pressure off Chris. Everything to me that the Clippers have done as far as changing their roster in the preseason and changing the way they play is geared towards making Chris Paul's life a little bit easier during the play during the regular season so that, number one, he will be rested and ready come playoff time. He, won't, and he can sort of maintain his focus, maintain his poise during those moments. And number two, in those moments, 
if should Chris struggle again under pressure, that the Clippers will have other options that they can turn to to generate offense in a pitch. And final one for you, Josh, is this. Uh, earlier in the offseason, I talked to your colleague Howard Beck, and he expected a lot of willing and dealing at the NBA draft and the trade on the, on the free agency period. And it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And you think that was because of the, the CBA and being in flux, but now we're hearing rumblings that the CBA will be in place by December 15th, and the Player Association and those guys will, and the league will come to an agreement. So do you feel like they'll open up more – movement now since the CBA will be ratified most likely a new one in place and people know what will be going on in the next five to seven years and in the league with all the money coming in? Uh, I don't know if it will necessarily be a, a matter of the collective bargaining agreement being agreed to that will generate more movement. I think a lot of that is just dictated by the teams involved and the players involved. And a lot of it too for teams now is seeing firsthand what that jump in the salary cap meant. And also seeing that, you know, this this next season or next summer, the league is projecting a rise to around $102 million for the salary cap, whereas previously they had figured around $110 million were their projections. Those projections went down because teams spent so much money this past summer. So with the jump being smaller and teams having a better sense of what that means for free agency, I think you will see more teams that are willing – ready, willing, and able and eager to sort of pull off a trade and go after guys via trade rather than try to pluck them out of free agency where they know that they could really uh, have the world pulled over their eyes and wind up signing a guy for way more money than they want to. And Josh, think about this. What we thought was a bad contract under the old CBA is no longer a bad contract. It's, it's like a mid-grade mm-hmm. contract now. So what's a bad deal is not really a bad deal what it used to be. And also, if you're a rookie guy, I would I want to really sign an extension on this old CBA knowing that if I wait out a year, I can really sign for big in the new CBA? Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, rookies are going to – are expected to to get a raise as well. Uh, you'll see uh, draft salaries, draft slotted salaries, kind of go up along with CBA. So uh, it, we'll see where where the business of the league goes from here on. But you know, it's tough to say what what that climate's going to be like because we don't know the details of the new collective bargaining agreement or, or what the league and the players might agree to or when they might agree to it. So. It's really hard to say much about that right now. Good deal. Well, Josh, I'm glad to get you on the show, man. I've been a friend of your work for a long time on Bleacher Report. You do great work, man. I'm glad to get you on this show for doing it again with you down the road, brother. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, that's Josh Martin here on the Boss Man Show. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. Rodney Bilson, Josh, coming up next, Boss Report after the break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. 
A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Josh Martin, and we'll close eyes. I was with my man who speaks for the Boss Report. Speech. Tell me about this week's show, man. Did you enjoy what we had so far with Rodney and Josh Martin, man? First of all, I got to give a shout out to my brother Rodney Billings, man. One of the realest dudes we've had on the show. Always a pleasure. Always brings the energy. Always brings the insight. Love chopping up with the dude, man. Just a real wholesome brother. Uh, I can't wait to have him back on the show. Wish him much love and success to the Denver team that got out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to be watching. You know what I'm saying? We're definitely going to be watching and keeping a close eye on the team. But, dude, and then Josh came through and he held it down, man. You know, we got a chance to chop it up about a, a myriad of things. And it was super dope. This this week, great interviews. Brothers came through and knocked it out. So I think we're on track to have a great show as always. No this, doubt. This particular week, really solid. No doubt. And, and folks, close up with the boss support. It's always a, a pleasure. So, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It is here. It's the boss report. Dog first story. New York man arrested after Robbie McDonald's with a pellet gun and two pipe bombs due to, quote, being hungry, horny, needing drug money for a link-up session later. That's a lot to digest at one time. He robbed a McDonald's with a pellet gun, first of all. Why? Second of all, he said he was hungry, horny, and he wanted to be high. So he robbed McDonald's to get some food and some drug money, or was he going to go buy a hooker? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things he's confused about in that particular story. You know, just, just some details I'm not, I'm not clear on. Exactly. But it's late. 
very, very layered. layered story. Complex layered. and layered. All of you yes. are the worst ones ever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, I would have to say for sure. And fancy Florida crazies. Florida man arrested after attempting to steal, get this, $172 worth of steak and lobster stuffed down his pants. How did he honestly think that nobody would notice $172 of meat stuffed <laughs> in somebody's pants? Exactly. I mean, seriously, like, what did he think it was? Did he think he was up against that gas? Was he, was he gonna lie and say it was a stack of money? Come on, dog. It's like, he really thought nobody was gonna notice that. Exactly. Well, Tennessee man is arrested after putting gas attendant in the face after broaster chicken sold to him, went south on him, and let him do the bathroom <laughs> for a long time. No. I'm done, bro. You have to get broaster chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how ignorant you gotta be to start your static over bros and chicken, dog. That's like the, that's the most epic thing I've ever heard in my life, bro. Like, I can't eat, I can't even, dog. I can't even. You said bros and chicken? Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Lord, how much? Bros and chicken? <laughs> exactly. Woo-wee. And. Florida carjacker arrested after asking victim for a hug after getting to his destination that he robbed him from. Wait. 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 He carjacked somebody, but he stayed in the car with him. And then when he got to his destination, station, he gave him a hug. Yes. Yes. Than it is as dumb as I thought it was. Cause I was like, nah, that nah, that's, I'm like, nah, Jerry ain't read that right. Like, wait, what? Like, what? <laughs> what? Exactly. No, who who would think that that's okay? Like, you do it. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, man. Oh my god. Well, North Carolina man is arrested after shooting his warm milk on woman. Dollar General checkout line because quote her ass was sitting right and that dress was sh- so damn tight. Hmm. He must be a Trump supporter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was Trump supporter. He's a black man, Donald brother. Joel, <laughs> he's a black man. <laughs> hey, look, it's some of them too, dog. It's, it's, I'm saying, man, stupidity knows no color barriers, man. no color bounds. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, he's got to be a Trump supporter. That's a, that's a Trump-like maneuver. Exactly. Well, this is very stupid. Florida woman arrested after sending drugs via mail to her daughter in jail. Did she not think that they were going to check the package that you sent in jail? <laughs> I mean, it's jail. This ain't like you send it to somebody's crib. This ain't even <laughs> private mail you send it. You send it to a correctional institution. They can and legally will go through any and all packages that you send inside of them. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Well, shaking my head on this one. Utah father starts GoFundMe after hospital charges him thirty nine 
dirty father hold his baby, coded quote, skin to skin contact. You know what? I saw that, bro, and I'm going to be honest with you. I would have been that black guy. I would have raised hell on nerve if they would have charged me $35 to hold my own baby. Oh, no. Somebody about to get their ass kicked. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you don't do that. You don't do that. Like, with, that's just egregious and ridiculous. How you going to charge somebody to hold their own kids? Like, come on. Like, it would be for real. You know what I mean? Like, is this what we get in society? Like, for real? Yeah. This, this what we get? Come on, man. Well... Florida man arrested after exposing himself to a woman in Walmart fitting room requesting, quote, that she partakes of the blessing and sacred syrup bestowed by him. Is she another one of those pastors? Because I've seen that get too many stories of these pastors running up with this ridiculous, blessed, sacred, golden... Archie's milk, like, come on, now. you sound ridiculous. Like, what the hell is going on with this nonsense? Now, he is trying to get over, bro. He in a path, he's trying to get over. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's all I'm gonna People ain't ish. <laughs> 911 operator in Houston arrested for hanging up on callers saying, quote, ain't nobody got time for this bleep. You know, I, I saw that story, man, and I was disgusted by it because it's like, if, if you are not, you are literally the first line of defense if you actually go through the trouble of calling somebody for assistance. They call 911. They want to talk to the operator. They want to get their situation handled. If the person calls 911, damn it, it's a problem. So why would this lady, like, your job is to talk to people. Literally, your job is to sit there and talk How? I can't understand that logic, man. I just can't find myself being able to comprehend what the hell was going through this woman's head. I don't get it. I ain't got the answers and I ain't got to do it. Well, you, this right here, we're going to throw you off. Florida man arrested. I believe in three dogs, twin baby, and baby gator in the cop car while he got shaped and trimmed up at the mall for an outing later with a couple of honeys. I figured, I was about to say, I think this is going to revolve around some butt somewhere in here. In some way, shape, Three or form, dogs, twin babies, and a baby gator in one hot car together? What? First of all, how does one come into possession of a baby alligator? Where do you go to find one? You know, I'm in Michigan, so I ain't no gator here unless they in the zoo or the quarry. But it's just, how, why do so many people have baby alligators? Is, is that how it goes down the floor? If you're near the, the water, they kind of come out the water, kind of test themselves on land to maybe scoop one up. You're not supposed to, but you can. Yeah, I was about to say, it's kind of illegal, ain't it? It is. Yeah, I, I would imagine that. Yeah, now, a pet gator in Florida is illegal, yes. But many people have pet gators. And wow. My thing about that is, they turn on you eventually when they get bigger. Yeah, yeah, they get big. Gators aren't really the, the best pets. Never you can't had a pet, pet a gator. But you can't pet them when they get bigger. You can't take them for walks. You, you can't take them for walks. You know, you can't put a leash on them. You can't train them. You know, they got, they got to do what they want to do. Um, so, you know, yeah, not really the way that I would go as far as pets would be. So concerned. why would you leave a, your three dogs in the car with your twin babies and a gator in a hot car? I don't get that. Why are those six beings together? <laughs> in any sense, in the first place. 
I ain't got that answer sweat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. That's that's one for the record book. <laughs> Year in review story right there, for real. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, drugs are bad, okay? New York man have oh, LSD and lean arrested. I'm breaking into neighbor's house to save dog from imaginary fire. <laughs> is it a real fire or is it the imaginary fire? Imaginary fire. House was on fire. Imaginary fire. He was yeah. that high. Mm-hmm. This is your brain and this is your brain on LSD. People hallucinogens are bad. They really are. I wouldn't trust them. But that's just me. You know, I and I think maybe people would also agree. Hallucinogenic drugs they really not that way to go. Just saying. Well, Florida woman arrested after police are alerted to video of her seven-year-old son driving while she was home receiving some tag team action from some old guy friends. So she got caught. She ran the train on while her seven-year-old was out driving the car. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I would like to probably present to you the mother of the year. This is Because that's ridiculous, dog. I mean, this comes to a certain point. We can't put your own desires on that. I'm not going to call it a need. Because I don't really comprehend a need to get a train ran on you. So, this is going to call it a desire and a want. So, I don't really understand how people put the desires and the wants over there. The safety and well-being of their children. You know, like the desire and the want to get gang banged by two dudes. I don't really think that that's a good way to go. As far as this isn't making us concerned, we got a seven-year-old driving the car. In retrospect, probably not a good idea. But hell, what do I know? I only use common sense. So, there you go. How did a seven-year-old even reach, reach the gas pillow? Life, bro. Life. He's probably a tall kid. You know, they use his girlfriend and all these things. Yeah, true. Oklahoma man arrested after being caught on tape booby trapping Walmart shopping carts with razor blades. See, that's. It just comes to a point where evil just becomes despicable and petty. Why? I just have to ask the question for what? Why? You know, what do you get out of that? At what point, what, what round of reason, what, where, who, when, and how? You know what I mean? I don't understand that. What joy and satisfaction do you get out of razor blade shopping carts? Kids using old people? Come on, man. Exactly. Florida man arrested after doing burnouts in front of news crew doing post-hurricane cleanup coverage saying, quote, It's my time to shine, bees. You feel me? F with me. Your boy. I saw that clip and it was literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was up there. And some of the funniest things I've ever seen, bro. I mean, it was he was doing some serious burnouts. Like he was he was getting after it, dog. He was I mean just put to the gas and he was rolling. And he kept riding by the camera and it was so funny, dog. It was absolutely probably really hilarious. His quote was even worse. 
Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it.